Terry, we're in the book of James, and we've been discussing where trials and tribulations come from and testings of our faith and hells, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And this is what we were discussing earlier, was getting a clear understanding of where trials come from and the testing of our faith, what that truly means. And it's leading up to chapter 2 of James, actually applying this and when we'll be discussing this. As we've read the whole book of James, so much is in here, but he starts out in the very second verse and says, consider it joy. Consider it all joy, my brethren. But there's tons and tons of stuff here in this book. It's so vital to our walk with the Lord. And we have joy whenever we understand where the trials are coming from and understanding what the testing of our faith means, which produces patience. This is where you, you have this joy when you understand what is really taking place here. Right. And it builds our endurance and strengthens us yes. for this walk. And when we have patience and all those things that are in us now in Christ. I'd like to define a couple words here before we go on okay. here. Trials, the definition of a trial is, is simply our experiences throughout our daily life. Because we encounter things throughout our daily life all the time with people, with relationships, all those things. We have trials that we'll be facing throughout the day. We're born-again believers living in a fallen world. And Satan is the prince and power of the air of this world. Yes. So he's influencing situations and circumstances. And those are those trials and tribulations that come our way. The trials that we face, like say if someone says something to you, the trial begins in your mind. There you go. Of how you're going to respond. Yes. And this is what is meant by testing of your faith on how you react to this trial. God didn't put this trial in front of you. This trial comes from everyday life. Like if you were to have a car car accident and be injured, how would you respond to that? Where would your mind go? Would it fall back to anger and doubt and unbelief and cause your mind to drift off into the flesh and respond in the flesh? Or would you respond walking in the Spirit of God? This is what we wanted to uh, teach. This is what we want to try to explain the best we possibly can to understand trials and understand the testing of our faith, what that truly means. This is going to lead us right into chapter 2, Mitch. Let me read from the New King James. There you go. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. This gives us awesome example. You know, you just talked about a this amplified version goes on here in chapter 2. For if a person comes into your congregation whose hands are adorned with gold rings and is wearing uh, this splendid clothing, and, and also a poor man in shabby clothes comes in, and you pay special attention to the one who wears the splendid clothes and say to him, sit here in this preferred seat while you tell the poor man, stand there or sit there on the floor at my feet. That's the mind throwing you one way or the other. Yes, it's, it's partiality. Yes. The definition of partiality, and, and this is what we need to understand too, is partiality means divided in one's mind, making a distinction. So in your mind, when you see someone, and we all do this, when we encounter someone or talk to someone, we start developing this picture in our mind of who they are. We start making assessments. 
in our mind. And a lot of times we base those assessments by our fleshly thinking and not by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we're being partial. We're being double-minded. We're not walking in the Spirit. We're walking in the flesh when we do what you just read in verses 2 and 3, where we're showing partiality between the rich and the poor. And in verse 4, this is a question, because James asked this question to those believers. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? You're basing your decision on a person's appearance. And you're using your evil thoughts to do it. (laughs) You're using your your old way of thinking to make a decision. And it jumps right back to verse 1 we just read earlier. My brother, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. That means we stepped out of the Spirit and made a decision in the flesh and we had evil thoughts. We judged a person by their appearance. Yes. And we do this every day. We make decisions every day. And we judge with wrong motives, as Amplified says here. i got to read this. Verse 4 again. Amplified, are you not discriminating among your own and becoming critics and judges with wrong motives? That's good. Listen, my beloved brethren. Let me read on here in Amplified. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of this world to be rich in faith and in their position as believers and to inherit the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? He's trying to teach us here that don't let your thoughts run wild. Just because of your previous experience, the flesh realm, you're new creatures in Christ now. You need to switch your mind over into the spiritual realm. That's where God's works and God's thoughts are. He knows the plans for us. He knows our very thoughts. He had thoughts for good. So why are we over here criticizing someone because of the way they look based on our previous experience in the flesh? That's right. And see, it goes right back to James chapter 1, verse 3 again. Knowing the testing of your faith produces patience. You went through a test here whether you recognized it or not by the decision you made, by judging these people by their appearance. And and God does not do this. He's looking at the heart. He's looking at the inward man, not the appearance. And this is what James trying to tell them, to be in the spirit and look at the inward. Look Look at it from the spiritual standpoint, not from the flesh. Exactly. We need to see things from God's point of view. Yes. Not our carnal thinking, but our spiritual mindedness now. That's where we need to to focus our new life now is focused on the way God thinks. Then we won't have the evil thoughts. Yes. Like it says in verse 4. We won't make wrong judgments because the thoughts from the Holy Spirit are one of love, of joy, of peace. They're edification, exhortation, and comfort. Where if you make a decision here by what you see, you're not edifying people, are you? You're not giving them exhortation. You're not giving them comfort. You're walking in the flesh. And this is how you can identify whether you're passing this test in your mind on your decisions you make. This is a a wonderful example of the test of your faith, where it's at. Right. I want to jump down here to verse 8. It's telling us now what we're supposed to be doing. If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law, According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. 
But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. So let's back up here and, and continue to focus on this nature of God, this royal law of love. That royal law of love is that spiritual power, that invisible power that's yes. within us. We like that word, yeah, don't we? Invisible power that, that lives within us. You can't see it or you can't grasp it with your five senses, but it's there. It's real. I really hope that people begin to focus in on the realness of this invisible power of God in them. That's what our thrust in this teaching is, is to begin to recognize that invisible power that we can turn our thoughts toward as believers now in this royal law. Renewing the mind in love. Yeah, that's it. Renewing the mind in love. Because that's what Satan stole from us, was love. Yeah. And now he's renewing this love within us, because that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. It's the very first fruit of the Spirit is love. And this is what now lives within us. And we were renewing our mind. We're, we're in this fallen world we talk about that we we're all familiar with all the junk that's going around but scripture tells us romans 12 2 not to be conformed to this world don't be poured into the mold of but renew your mind and by renewing the mind this is how you endure trials in this go. world the power that we now have within us gives us the ability to overcome those things in our mind which is the test of whether I'm going to walk by the flesh or by the Spirit, by carnal mindedness. This is the test. God has empowered us now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Doesn't that say that in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7? I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. This is what lives within each and every believer right now, because we've been empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. We now have the power and authority to make the proper decision. If we study the Word, if we read the Word, we can make the decision. That's where it begins. Renewing your mind to who you are and what you have in Christ. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. This is what we get to do now. Prove. That's the we testing, isn't it? That's it. We get to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That he had planned for us from the beginning. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's just, it's so amazing. His we love have for the us. ability now to be overcomers. We're no longer held captive. That's what Luke 4.18 means. We're no longer held captive. We're no longer in bondage. Because our minds are set free if we allow it. If we realize what we now have, that we now have power and authority over our mind through the power of the Holy Spirit. We do not have to make bad decisions. We do not have to show partiality. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. You have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, that's good. I like that scripture. We can rest in the fact that we have the Spirit of God in us, and if we renew our mind to the Word of God, we can... Switch our thoughts over here into this invisible power of God. That awesome power, isn't it? Yeah, that enables us to do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
you're strengthened by the Word of God. It's just so awesome when you begin to, to break down the words that are in Scripture and, and to get other Scripture, and it reinforces. It's the Word of God. <laughs> it's, it's for instruction. That's and what, 2 Timothy 3.16. And all Scripture is to realize that we can be set free. We have this capacity now to be set free from the thresholds and the power of Satan. We're set, he no longer has power. We're set free to be spiritual beings. We're set free to, to walk in the realm of that invisible power that's in us. Yes. No longer conform to this world, all the junk that goes on. We overcome that. By the Spirit of God that's in us, by renewing our mind, turning our thoughts to God. Terry, isn't that what Jesus did? Yes. Isn't that how he walked on this earth? Because he went through trials. He went through testings. He went through temptations. But those trials and temptations and testing were of the world attacking him. You know what he did? What's that? He was in total submission to his Father. Yes. He only did... What the Father told him to do. Because his mind had been transformed and renewed. His mind was totally focused upon God. And this is what we're trying to tell folks. And this is what the Bible's trying to tell us. Yes. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused on God. He's in you now. You have everything you need to live this life. Just stay focused. No matter what trial or temptation comes your way, if you have the Word of God in you to fall back on, so to speak. And then it becomes this process of not falling back on, but having in the forefront of your mind that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm an overcomer because of Christ in me. I don't care what the situation and circumstances look like. I can count it all joy. <laughs> wow. This just came to my mind, Terry. And we haven't really talked about this yet. But we haven't mentioned joy. You realize when we do make the proper decision that that's when joy begins to blossom in our life. That's when patience begins to manifest because you know what happens? The Holy Spirit says, good job. You didn't yield to that temptation of the world, which belongs to Satan. You overcame that. You listened to me talking to you. You did not give in to the world. And that's where you get the joy. That's where you, your patience increased because you say, yes, this is possible. This is not fantasy. This is real. I can be an overcomer. And that gives you joy. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit as well. Joy and patience. You begin to focus in on this spiritual life, this invisible power. Yes. And you get into a circumstance and a situation where you know the Word of God is true, and these things that look like everything is falling apart around you, that's not the real spiritual realm. That's just the world trying to crash in on you. So you maintain through this trial and tribulation, and that joy stays with you. You might be battling. You might, you might be in the midst of a battle. And, we, and we're told we're going to have this battle. And you're using the Word to contradict all these things that are coming at you? No, this is who I am now in Christ. I am an overcomer. All things work for good for those who are called according to His purpose, who love God. All of those things come to pass. And you know, as you stand fast in this, 
it shows up in the physical. Those signs and wonders follow those who believe. Terry, everything you said goes back to that invisible power that lives within us. Yes. That's what makes us an overcomer. We have this invisible power that we have now power to overcome those thoughts in our mind where we can make the proper decision. Where in the past, we did not do that. And James just gives us a perfect, a simple, simple example here of somebody walking in in nice clothes and somebody walking in in shabby clothes and keeping your thoughts in control. You know why it's such a simple example? Because really, we would overlook that. We wouldn't even give any thought to that being a temptation or a trial or a test, would we? Boy, that's good. That's right. Would we? We would no. just Because how often have we done that in our mind oh, now, man. currently, with people? We judge people. Well, this guy has long hair. Look at how he's dressed. Or he hasn't taken a bath. We're judging that. Yes, we are. Now, he may, not, he may be all those things, but that doesn't know what's in his heart. That's right. Because I know a lot of Christians that have long hair. And you would think they weren't Christians, but they love God and they do a lot of work for God. And signs and wonders are yeah. following them. Yes. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Because we do every day when we see people, it comes in your mind briefly. Very briefly, it comes in your mind. And you form an opinion or paint a picture. Go ahead. You're over there laughing. <laughs> I see people sometimes and I say, God loves them. <laughs> and he does. And he does. And I'm going... How do I do this? <laughs> I fall back on that spiritual power that's in me. Yes. That's the only way I can do it. I can't do it in the flesh. Because it doesn't make sense in the flesh. No, it does not make any sense. Because we're always gauging people by their yeah. appearance, by their performance, all those things. Well, if we can keep our thinking coming out of the Spirit of God that's in us, He'll give us all those things we need to know. And the Spirit of God, the way you can check this is by love. Oh, yes. Because in verse 8, that's what it's telling us. If you really fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. Right. If you're flowing in the Spirit of God, love will flow out of you, and you'll show no partiality. Right. That's what he's talking about in these next verses. You know, uh, verse 11, he said, don't commit adultery and, and murder and all this stuff. Well, you're not going to do those things if you love somebody. Yes. That's why it's such a simple law, this law of liberty. Once you understand that law, that simple law of love, all those other things fall into place. They fall off. Because you're walking in the Spirit of God. Yeah. There's no envy. There's no anger. That God isn't any of those things. No. And so by walking in the Spirit of God, like you said, all those things begin to fall off, which are sin. If you're not walking in love, it's sin. That's right. And we need to recognize that, and we just need to examine ourselves. Am I walking in love? You know, I just thought of these verses here that in Galatians 5, you know, we often talk about the Spirit and the love of God and the peace and all those things. And, uh, and of course, we know all the bad things, but what's so amazing to me is that uh, murder and adultery and is all tied in with uh, just strife, envy. You know, it's... It doesn't matter. It's all bad. It's all from the dark side. People try to classify. Well, yes, and then we look at ourselves and compare, compare ourselves among ourselves. Well, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. No, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> it's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> but now that the fruit of the Spirit of God in us, it's all good. It's all good. Man, that's, that's reassuring. It is. That gives you joy. That gives you peace. That's why you can't compare the rich guy and the poor guy. <laughs> we're, all, we're all a mess until we get that Spirit of God in us and begin and, to walk in that. And begin to walk in that, yeah. We're still a mess until we begin to walk, walk in the Spirit in that. of God and realize this invisible power, this empowerment that we now have through the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, we're, we're continuing on here. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. He's still continuing this about walking in the Spirit. I was looking up this word mercy because it, th this is really important to understand what this means. I know we give definition of words a lot of times, but it's very important to understand what they're meaning because it sheds light on what we're about to discuss here because we're going to be discussing faith without works. Right. And James leads it beautifully, I think, because now in 13 he's talking about mercy. Mercy triumphs. Mercy means having pity, compassion for the ills of others. But then it goes on and says this. When I was reading that definition, it talked about God had pity and compassion for us. But having pity and compassion for us meant nothing unless there was action behind it. God knew our condition. He had pity on us. He had compassion of our fallen nature and realized that we were eternally separated from him. That's really good, Mitch. He, therefore, by his action, sent in his son to die on the cross for us. He, he put words into action. Yes. Words and thoughts into His action. His compassion became action. Yes. My goodness. This is what he's trying to teach us with faith without works is dead. It hit me like a ton of bricks when I was reading this about mercy. Pity and compassion for the ills of others, which that would mean the entire world in God's eyes. I have pity and compassion for you, but it would have meant nothing. Saying, oh, look at those people. They're not, I feel so sorry for them. But if there was no action, we would still be in a fallen state. And this is what faith without works is meaning as we begin to dive into this. There's a lot into that. Faith and works, and you can't have one without the other. No. And this scripture came to me just a little bit ago as you were talking about walking in the spirit of love. And I just wanted to read this before we got too far down the road into this next section of scripture. Okay. It says, it's in Romans 8, verse 1. So good. It's this life through the Spirit that we've been talking about, living out of the Spirit of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Walking after that Spirit of God that's in us now. Verse 2, for the law, it's a law, Mitch. It's like gravity. Works every time. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free, made me free from the law of sin and death, been set free through that invisible power of God in us. That's in our mind, isn't yes. it? Yes. We're set free. That was powerful what you just read there. We have been set free. We've been totally set free by the power of God. And what we're wanting to convey is they now have power within them to be overcomers. They can begin to walk in this faith. 
and yes. have compassion and their works will follow. Yes. Maybe we can under- explain that a little better as we teach further. Faith and works is this next section of scripture that we're going to begin to, to get into. We just started reading it with verse 14. 14, yes. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? That's the question. <laughs>